You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning everybody it is wednesday august 18th august 16th just to Friday. I just I just leapt into the future. Why would I have done that? Uh, let me tell you, the world is still around. The world is still turning. For those of you that want to know what Friday is like, Friday is awesome. But actually, what is even more awesome is today. Um, it is Wellness Wednesday, and uh, I see Rhonda is in the house. Rhonda, we're going to play around with uh, with your topic. Um, I had two ways to go with this um, to talk about intense listening. Uh, one was to actually like maybe go to chat GPT and have a little bit of fun. Um, but, you know, I, I downloaded this thing called AIPRM, and, uh, which is I, I'm still not sure that I know what it is. I think, I think, I think it's this idea of um, um, like suggested prompts or something like that. But now there's uh it's been blocked, I think, with the with the latest update. And I can't seem to like figure out how to disconnect it. Um so I was trying to figure that out and I haven't been successful. So what happens is when I log into my uh, chat GPT, um I'm just getting this like error message that just says uh A or is currently broken, we've submitted a fix, etc. But it's not letting me actually, you know create a new chat which is a little bit uh frustrating so i guess um i guess what i what i would want to be doing is is uninstalling it because it's kind of frustrating i don't want to you know i don't want to see all these templates i just want to go into chat gpt it's not letting me so i'm frustrated so i don't know what to do um so i'm sure there's what if i log out let's see if i log out and then i log back in maybe that will work there always are these amazing fixes, like, for example, hitting your phone, like whacking it or um, pulling the plug out or something like that. But this one's not working. So let's see. I've got maybe one other little uh, trick, which is what if I just un remove from Chrome 
Um, the let's go. Let's just remove the whole thing and see if that works. So I, yep, it worked. There we go. Um, so now I can say, I'm going to try this, but I'm not going to use it, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say um, something along the lines of, I'm riffing today in my um, morning virtual coffee session on the concept of intense listening. Uh, it's something uh, new slash innovative, original, doesn't exist. Um, and so essentially I'm defining the term. Uh, what would you what would you imagine what would you imagine it to be and hence define it? What would you imagine it to be based on what you know to be true about listening kind of forms, kinds, good, bad and ugly, etc. Can you uh, come up with a definition and perhaps some traits or characteristics? Um, so that's the prompt I'm going to use, but now I'm going to close it. I'm not going to look at it. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to, um, I'm just going to riff on it. Um, and then kind of see what I come up with, what the humans come up with compared to, um, what the, um, the machine might come up with. So, and it's also interesting by the way, in clubhouse, it's funny, there's, uh, some, it looks like we might've had that. Same mistake, the same problem we had the other day, Melissa, where uh, the ping's not quite working <clears throat> to all members of the house. So we have a very small, intimate room here, which is fine. Let's just go with that. All right. So <clears throat> where? So uh, uh, just a couple of things follow up from yesterday. First of all, um, it was very weird because... The, um, I have a roadcaster, which is, you know, what I'm using right now, which allows me to do like all the sound effects and the, um, what is this? Oh, that was the Barbenheimer thing. I haven't, uh, Barbieheimer, I haven't deleted it yet. So yeah, all my little sound effects, um, air horn. <clears throat> Sorry, that might've been a bit too early for you in the morning. Uh, but it is 8.07 <clears throat> and I'm trying to get the frog out my throat. Um, so for whatever reason, the SD card corrupted yesterday and didn't save the actual episode. And I tried a couple times and realized that I'd lost the recording. So immediately I thought to myself, uh, maybe it was meant to be. Maybe it was a little too personal. Maybe it was a little too vulnerable. Maybe um, actually putting that, that recording in front of the two people that I referenced would be a bad idea. Maybe they recall it completely different. Maybe they think I'm trying to glorify it and, um, and I have selective remembering. Maybe they did contact me in advance and, give me, and gave me the heads up and I wasn't aware of it and I forgot why... You know, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I selectively forgot it, or maybe I just kind of repressed it, or something like that. Um, maybe they did absolutely nothing wrong, and it was just all ego. It's all entirely possible, and so maybe this was a very clear sign, which was that I was not meant to do anything with that recording, or even with the discussion not reach out to them and ask for forgiveness, not do anything. And then I realized that I had access to the recording from, I had access to the recording from, um, from Clubhouse. So I downloaded it and I was able to get the recording. And so you could look at it two ways. One, was there a sign, a very clear sign saying, this is not meant to, you're not meant to take this further. Um, or, you know, 
did I in fact ignore the sign and am I persevering? Am I beating a dead horse, etc., etc.? Or the flip side of that could be um, I was resourceful, I was calm, instead of panicking, instead of saying I lost this amazing moment of vulnerability, this catharsis um, forever, um, and I wish I could get it back and now it's gone. But I was able to think calmly and I did get it back. I don't know. Um, I might never know the answer to it, and that's okay too. But it is interesting to kind of replay. And one of the things I've been doing a lot lately is trying to do that, is trying to immediately, not post-mortem or, you know, or again get stuck, but the exact opposite, which has become much more um, self-conscious and self-aware of myself, either in the moment or after the moment, um, and allow myself to reflect introspect, learn, and move on. Um, so I did get it. I also um, uh, was thinking, uh, just to give you a quick update on the uh, when digging oneself into a hole, um, I tried to summarize the entire uh, episode and for whatever reason, I've been, you know, I've been using ChatGPT as my assistant to help me do that and just wasn't able to, um, just wasn't getting it. Wasn't getting wasn't wasn't getting what I was asking it to do. I wanted I wanted ChatGPT to summarize um, the ten points, my ten discussion points, the things that I my commentary on the actual ten points that I'd listed in advance. And so I wanted that to be the brief and then my commentary, but it just didn't get it. So it ended up kind of expanding and almost riffing on the 10 original points, as opposed to actually bringing in or synthesizing my unique thoughts. And I just got frustrated in the end. And so I just had to take a different path. And so the path I took was that I went and uh, created 10 separate prompts where I said, here is the point, like first thing when digging oneself into a hole, stop digging. Here was my commentary and response on it I'd like you to kind of synthesize that together into a unified point of view. And so I had to like cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste. It ended up with something quite long. And because I think I asked for like 300 words per, um, which is probably a little bit too much. And so what I'm thinking I'm going to do now with it, it's going to take a little bit more work, is I'm actually going to create an ebook or or a, um, or a PDF I might actually mint it on the blockchain through mirror.xyz. <clears throat> I just have to get some advice on how to do that. The other thing that I might do is actually publish it on my Substack, which I'm really trying to push now, and maybe just do the first three in LinkedIn and then say if you want to read the remaining seven, um, hop on over and subscribe to my Substack. So there's a little bit of method in the madness. The other thing that's that, that I am trying to do now is to start to rethink the role that I'm the role of LinkedIn for me and for my business. And so one of the things I've been thinking of doing is um, you know, when I look at all of my content, I've got recaps of my show, I've got morning sessions in the Collective Cafe, I've got Alpha Collective um, Alpha Beta Talks or Alpha Talks. Um, what I need to be able to do is define and decide and prioritize exactly who my audience is on LinkedIn or who I want my audience to be. And I think that when I look at my various projects, Forever Changed, Alpha Collective, Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous, and EOS, which is the entrepreneurial operating system, business and leadership coaching for privately held businesses, typically 10 to 250 employees, with an entrepreneurial and a growth mindset, more uh, frustrated with the status quo than changing, open and prepared to be vulnerable. That's that's the makeup of the primary target audience. It's more likely than not for them to be on LinkedIn than Facebook or you know or Twitter or something like that. And so my thinking is that I'm going to start to focus relevant to- relevant content on LinkedIn for anything that, that would fit into that wheelhouse. And, and look, it's a very broad wheelhouse. I mean, we're talking, we're talking you know, business and leadership coaching. We're talking skills. Uh, we're talking talent. 
we're talking AI, um, you know, we're talking discipline, accountability, culture, but it's definitely a work, you know, it's definitely a work audience. Would I post about, you know, mindfulness and, you know, the rising uh, role and where I see the presence of psychedelics and psilocybin? Um, Probably not. Probably not. Which is not to say the people reading it wouldn't find that beneficial. But unless there's a business implication, how can this help me run a better business and therefore live a better life? Um, I'm going to start to kind of move things and 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 create different gates, different uh, containers, different uh, possibilities for different pieces of content, as opposed to maybe the other approach, which is take one piece of content and then just distribute distribute that same piece of content as many times as possible. Um, <clears throat> so that's something I'm going to be doing. And so, for example, you know, the idea of, hey, here are three things on LinkedIn. Would you like to find the rest? Go to Substack. Well, that's an interesting call to action. Um, but eventually, you know, the implication has to be if we are focused on uh, B2B, on so how would that be relevant to me as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? How would that be relevant to me about this concept of digging oneself into a hole? Well, I guess it is. I mean, how many times have we made decisions and been stubborn about those decisions? How many times um, have we actually, um, you know, doubled down on a bet or a venture um, and then, you know, not been able to pull the plug when we should have? Hell, I mean, I think about that every day of my life uh, with respect to the work I'm doing, with respect to even the collective cafe. You know, I look and I see, you know, uh, today, like being very honest, like I see one person in Discord, um, Melissa, who's new, um, and I see two people in the room in Clubhouse. In fact, Rhonda's not just left as well, and she's the person that inspired today's topic, and she's becoming a bit of a regular. So there's a way to, you know, in the moment, and I'm actually kind of giving you this introspection in real time, there's this feeling of, you know, fight or flight. There's the, oh, what the hell? This isn't worth it. Let's just end the room. It's 8.17. What's the point? What's the point? Um, It's, I could probably be a lot more productive. I could probably be a lot more, profitable um, if I took the next 43 minutes and focused it on anything, quite frankly, on biz dev, um, on any of my work streams at the moment, training, I'm going through, continuing to train for EOS, uh, finishing my book. Um, I'm wasting 43 minutes of my life right now. I'll take it one step further. I'm wasting 43 minutes of my life on three people, three people that I don't even know three people that I haven't even met, three people that have never paid me a cent and may never pay me a cent. This is the wrong thinking completely. It's the wrong thinking because it comes back to even something that I picked up in the, um, you know, in the whole, whole uh, conversation, which is you never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You never know who the three people are. One of those three people could change your life. You don't know how many people are going to be listening to the replay afterwards. And remember, I take the replay, I transcribe the replay, and I publish the replay as well. And so that you have that ability as well in terms of saying, hey, it doesn't actually matter whether one person's in the room or whether 100 people are in the room or 1,000 people are in the room. Um, You could be just recording a podcast right now. So I guess a lot of people call it limiting versus abundant thinking, what I'm training now is the saboteur versus the sage. Um, sometimes it's just better not to not, you know, to overthink. Sometimes it's better um, to just just be able to kind of focus, put your head down, and keep moving forward. And I just say this as well because you know I'm answering the question: Is this relevant for LinkedIn? If I was on LinkedIn and I read an article that spoke about giving me ten different strategies for what to do when digging myself into a hole whether it's a corporate hole, 
a personal hole, a professional hole, an entrepreneurial hole, <clears throat> would I read it? Would it be relevant to me? Would it motivate me? I think it would, which means <clears throat> it probably has a place and a home on LinkedIn. So that's kind of um, that's kind of how I'm going to you know move forward when I think of manifestation. Probably not the LinkedIn topic. Um, thought leadership, absolutely. Uh, wellness, sometimes, sometimes the mental health or wellness or self-love or self-care or um, self-awareness is going to be very relevant to an entrepreneur, to a business owner, if I'm actually starting to really focus and say, hey, if I was a prospect, if I was a business owner, if I had 100 people working for my chemical company in Norwalk, Connecticut, would this be something I would read? Would this be something that would be valuable to me? Would this be something that would make me more or less likely to want to contact the person writing the article um, and potentially hire them? Would this make me more or less likely to want to listen to their daily coffee sessions? Um, it's a real good litmus test, and it's a very simple one. Um, and that becomes my rubric, and so that's the one I'm going to use. All right, so let's discuss um, the concept of intense listening. For those of you that need a quick recap, yesterday I was kind of, uh, I guess it was yesterday, um, I was asking if anyone wanted to come up and join the conversation and and discuss, um, you know, add, subtract, riff, disagree, build, etc., and no one came up. And so I basically kind of said, look, I guess you're all doing the very thing that I asked you to do, um, which was to which was to listen, which was to multitask, um, which was to do other things. Like why should you feel like you're working in the collective cafe? You're you're uh you know, your workday is beginning. Why why would you want to start working at eight? Instead, if your workday begins at eight thirty or nine or nine thirty and the goal is to start your day off on the front foot, on the right foot, and you've got things to do like walking the dog, like getting ready, getting dressed, having breakfast, um, getting the kids ready for school, commuting, um, you should be listening. You shouldn't be um, actually on stage creating content unless you've got a burning desire to. And that's specifically because you have something to say. And that's specifically because you have a question to ask. And that's specifically because you want to interact with the host. That's why you join live. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to join live. You'd wait a couple of hours and download the podcast version. And that way you can even skip. You can fast forward. You can pause. You can rewind. Um, you can <clears throat> look at the show notes, the AI-generated show notes, um, and decide very, very easily um, what, part of the actual collective cafe is most interesting to you. In a way, that's the selfish approach, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. It's the, it's the way that you can be the most efficient with your time. Hey, you can also listen to it on 1.25 speed. So you could get through a one-hour podcast in maybe 20 minutes and have an opportunity to write down the key points, rewind a couple of things, clip a few things, so there's no question that there's no question that you know the post option the on demand has certain benefits that the live doesn't but the live has something else that's pretty special and it is the fact that that it's your time because you know you're you're kind of working when you're listening on demand too when you're pausing and you know and writing stuff down <clears throat> and and look if you can listen on demand under the same conditions, you're going for a run in the evening. You're, uh, you know, walking out to get lunch uh, from your office complex. Um, you are commuting um, maybe back from work. Um, then why not? That has value too. But let's go back to this idea. Rhonda says, um, I'm actively, I'm intensely listening. Intense listening, she called it. And I said, that's interesting. Let's do an entire episode on that. So let's all start off by, the, by one of the things that I've, that I've riffed on before, which is I think there's a difference between 
listening and hearing, right? Um, and you can sometimes I get confused in terms of how I define each one. But let's just say for purposes of this discussion, um, one of them is you actually can hear, I suppose. Um, let's say in this, I suppose I've just defined it. Hearing means you're hearing me right now, but you may not be paying attention. You may not be concentrating. You may be playing, um, you know, Bejeweled or Clash of Clans or, you know, Woody Puzzle um, right now. This might be just background music or background noise. I do that too when I'm, you know, typing up emails or, or doing kind of admin type things. I like to listen sometimes to music and sometimes just to clubhouse stuff in the background. But I'm not really paying attention at all. It's all just, it's almost like just being in a coffee shop, right? You're in a coffee shop and there's noise. It's not sterile and serene and so quiet that you could hear a pin drop. That Nobody wants to be in that kind of a coffee shop. You want to be in a coffee shop with, with background noise and the clinking of, um, of coffee uh, mugs and the sound of um, the coffee pouring and people talking and, and the smell and the aroma of the coffee. Um, you want like a sensory overload, so to speak. So you can hear. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Is this thing on? Tap, 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 tap. You know, if somebody comes onto stage, they go, can you hear me? Uh, no, you're in the matrix. Can you hear me now? That's not saying, can you hear me? Are you hearing me? Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Are you receiving what I'm sending out? Am I connecting with you? That is one level. Listening is paying attention. I'd almost go so far as to say there's got to be something after listening. <clears throat> there's hearing. Maybe it's like this idea of hearing, listening, and then hearing again. I can hear the sounds. I'm actually listening to the words. But can I hear you? Do I, do I understand Am I, you know, am I receiving what you're sending out? Is this, is there a connection? Have I created, is there some emotional level? Is there an emotional connection to the words as opposed to a rational or logical one? I understand what you said. It made sense. Grammatic, grammatically, it was correct. You know, I have heard your words. That doesn't mean that it means anything to me. It doesn't mean that your words have meaning. It doesn't mean that they've struck a chord. It doesn't mean that they've inspired me or provoked me or triggered me. It just means that you were able to communicate at the most superficial level your words. So whether that means actually a new a, a hearing you know, v, V2 or hearing part two <clears throat> or something else, remains to be seen. But then we've heard of this idea of um, something called uh, active listening. I became an active listener, or I've become a better active listener through my show. Uh, the definition of active listening is basically the ability to um, really be, I would say, focused on the words, on, 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 on the message I would call, I would say, first position. It's not in the background, it's in the foreground. The primary thing you're doing is listening, <clears throat> which means you're not doing something else. So can you be actively listening and be on your phone? I would say no. Sometimes I'm talking to people and they go, I'm listening, I'm listening, and they're on their phone. I go, but you're not. No, no, I'm, I'm totally, I can repeat the words you said. That's all my son will tell me. I can totally just repeat what you said. Yeah, but, but you're not listening. You're not, you're not paying attention. You're not really focusing other than just saying over, you know, message received over and out. So I would say if you're doing anything else besides or that listening, you're not actually actively listening. You're passively listening at best. And that's, that doesn't mean that it's, you're not going to be able to respond. It doesn't mean 
that you're not going to be able to hold a conversation. It just means that <clears throat> there's superficiality. The, the responses might be very visceral or very shallow or very knee-jerk or very, um, you know, expected. <clears throat> they might not be deeper, more profound, more insightful. You can't get there if you're not actively listening. Now, the way that I basically um, demonstrate that and, and the, the, the way that I've practically demonstrated that is in the form of um, the fact that I don't have any show notes. I mean, I don't have any questions. I used to. I used to be able to uh, come up with a list of questions. Every good moderator should have a moderator's guide. When you are the moderator on a panel, you have a moderator's guide, a set of questions. In many cases, you even set up a call with your panelists before. And you ask and you tell them what the questions are going to be, or you ask them what they'd like to you to ask, or you show them the questions and they tell you which ones they like and don't like, and 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 they can even go and prepare for the QA. There's no listening going on. There's no active listening. Your job as the moderator is really just to ask questions and maybe do a little bit of synthesis, maybe a little bit of framing or reframing, but your job is just to keep the dialogue going. And your panelists have prepared all the answers, perhaps, especially if they work for large corporations. So everything is rote and stayed and expected and predictable. There's no surprises at all. That's not actively listening. Actively listening, my definition, is that the next thing you're going to say after you've made a comment or asked a question and then that person responds, you don't know what it is. You haven't, pre you haven't um, not only have you not prepared it in advance, but you actually don't know what you're going to say until they stop talking. And that's the key. Because what happens is someone talks and they're going to talk for about three minutes or two minutes or four minutes. Think about a clubhouse share that can sometimes go on for an hour. And um, they're going to make six or seven points. And immediately, maybe they say something in the very first 30 seconds and already you've got a response. They've triggered you, good, bad, or ugly. You've already got a response. If you're arguing with someone, you're already ready to rebuff them. That's not true. That's a lie. How can you say that? Where, where are your facts? Um, you've already, you're already wanting to insert yourself. You're already wanting to interrupt them. But you haven't even heard what they have to say yet. They might actually be coming back and, and actually rebuffing themselves intentionally. Saying, and you know everything that I said at the beginning? Here's why it's not true. The conversation can never, ever go where it should because you've already, in your mind, formulated or formulating your response. And the reality is, is that when you are thinking of what to ask, you are not listening. You can't do both. Now, I mean, I, I stand challenged or corrected. Maybe you can, but... From what I've heard, read, seen, experienced, you cannot be thinking about your next question and still listening to that person at the same time. It's not possible. So you have essentially withdrawn yourself. So what I do is I wait until... I wait until the entire... until that person is, for the most part, finished. Or if there is going to be a time that I interrupt, um, it's going to be at some point where I think it's kind of clear the, the, the gist, the theme, um, the point they're trying to make. I mean, it gets really hard if someone's, you know, using, if they're illustrating one point three or four times or giving three or four examples, if it's fairly obvious, then great. But if it isn't, 
I typically will then take the conversation in a completely different direction. Oftentimes, it's the last thing they said. Why? Because, I mean, I'm a human being. I can't remember three or four or five points. I think when we are having conversations and dialogues in in group settings, in corporate settings, um, the one point per share um, idea is so powerful. Make one point and one point only. If you've got two points to make, then that's another share. But your ability to just make one point. And it, you know, the beauty of that is that if you're in an environment where everyone is kind of committed to that idea, then you can get better at being one point per share and they can too. Meaning like they can, they can gently and respectfully interrupt you or say, I think that sounds like a second point. Let's address your first point and then we'll come back to your second point if there's time and or once everyone else has had a turn to share. And in that moment, that person who's made the point can actually just jot down what that second point is. It doesn't sound that hard, right? Just to be much smarter, much better at being able to make one point per share. One point per share and have everybody committed to it. That way, the person who then responds, look, if you were on my show and you went on an eight-minute diatribe, um, I am, I'm going to ask you a question or a follow-up or say, well, <laughs> that's really interesting. Wow, I'd never thought about that. You know, this is taking us in an interesting direction. I guess the point is, so that's my technique. As I said, I start off with a blank slate, blank slate, that all I do with my guests is I ask them three things they want to discuss. Hey, what's, what are three things on your mind? What are three things that got you passionate, um, excited, frustrated, mad, angry, exhilarated? Um, what, what's, what's your focus right now? Let's talk about you. Let's talk about what's important to you right now. What would be most beneficial to you? Um, some people just say, hey, I want to talk about my book. Others say, hey, I want to talk about experiential marketing. Other people want to say, I want to talk about the rise and fall of threads. Great, let's talk about that. But the rise and fall of threads could actually spawn an entire different conversation about false prophets and you know gurus and ninjas that you know that jump on, you know, buy my threads course. We could go down that path, or we could go on and talk about um, and just try and you know, de- de- uh, deconstruct. Why did threads initially succeed? Why did they fail in, in inverted quotes? So I don't know which direction we're going to take it in. Um, we could have a conversation about that every platform <clears throat> has a different role. There are some things we do on threads that we might not do on Twitter. There are some things we do on Twitter that we would definitely uh, not do on TikTok. We could talk about authentic voice. Um, it's scary to actively listen, especially in a public environment. Um, I try that sometimes. I often do that on panels as well, which is even more scary because it's with other humans and it's at an event for the most part. And um, you have to do some prep. I actually loathe, loathe, loathe um, having pre-calls with, uh, with panelists when I'm a moderator or when I'm a panelist. I don't like it being so prepared and so um, contrived and so controlled um, that it's like really not a, um, I mean, it's, it's a panel, it's, it's not a conversation, it's just a glorified Q&A. So that's just me. Um, that's just me. So what is intense, intense listening? To go back to Rhonda's um, inspiration for today. I guess, I guess intense listening, and I haven't even thought about it until just now. I'm, I'm serious. Um, intense listening is not just, well, first of all, active listening. It, it's maybe active listening without the response. It's, not, it's, it's active listening without the need to respond or the want to respond or the ability to respond. 
but it's the ability to be super present. So I don't know if you can intense listen if you're running, for example. I mean, I love listening to podcasts when I run. I love listening to podcasts when I'm driving the car, but I find myself drifting. I find myself drifting all the time. Whether, whether you know, it's, it's visual or auditory distractions, um, I start thinking about other things too. Um, I think almost intense listening is, and I, I try it in the evening. Like in the evening, I'll, I'll kind of get into bed, I'll maybe take some dessert and uh, my little treat into bed and sometimes I'll switch on Clubhouse. I switch on Clubhouse because I need my hands because I'm, I'm eating dessert, you know, and so I don't want to use my hands. I don't want to be on my phone. I suppose that I could, I suppose that I could put my video on and watch something on Netflix. But for some reason, I find that to be, um, I find that to be too much hot, too much work. It's too much work now to be looking at the screen and focusing on the words and, and it's too much work for me. So I typically listen to podcast. I, I mean to Clubhouse. But I'm not listening. It's not active listening. Even if I'm saying, but I'm doing nothing else. I'm just, you know, having a, um, I'm, I'm just eating, you know, or sipping on my tea or whatever. Um, but I'm not, so it's not like I'm doing something else. But am I intensely listening? I don't think so. Because, because I'm still somewhat distracted. I almost feel like intense listening implies that you are sitting at your desk and closing your eyes or you're lying on your bed and you are staring at the wall. You're not looking at a screen. You're not, you can't be looking at a screen, I feel, to be intensely listening. I'm just making up this definition. I stand corrected and welcome debate and pushback. Can you be intensely listening and running? I, I suppose, but you cannot be looking at a screen, which means you can't be looking at your data, your running data, and all your stats. So I'm saying like first definition is intense listening. You've got to be listening in first position. So maybe I'm kind of reneging on my point. What is first position, the run or the listening? If you, can swap, uh, if you can swap that, if you can say, I am going to intensely listen to the Collective Cafe today or to the podcast version of Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous or just my favorite podcast and I'll, and I'll happen to be running at the time. Okay, I'll give you that. As opposed to I'm going for a run and I'm going to listen to keep me company. So maybe it's got to be, I'm going to listen to this and I will run just because, hey, two birds with one stone. Maybe that's intense listening. I think also recollection has got to come from intense listening. If you're intensely listening and you walk away and you say, and someone says to you, hey, what did you do this morning? And you say, well, I spent an hour listening to, uh, intensely listening to um, the Collective Cafe. Oh, that's interesting. What was the subject? Intense listening. Well, tell me three or four takeaways. Ooh, that's a good question. Not really sure I can do that. You're not intensely listening. I think intensely listening means at least one point is going to land. At least one point you're going to take away and say, I think this one's going to stick with me forever. This one is going nowhere. This one, this one is... I'm adding it to the bank. I'm adding this, this point, this takeaway, this insight, this recommendation. This one is, this one's a keeper. I don't think, I don't think an hour of a show has to qualify as intense listening. But I think at some point, you've got to be able to say something resonated with me. That's how I know moving forward. Because if I just walk away and say, honestly, I mean, I remember feeling good at the time. I remember feeling, 
you know, warm and fuzzy. I remember thinking, this is smart. I remember thinking maybe I should go back at some point and uh, listen again or or look at the transcript. But you know what? I'm too busy. I'm not going to get around to it. The other thing I would say is that I think you can have periods of intense listening within periods of active listening, within periods of listening, within periods of hearing. So if you think about it, we've just created a nice little bullseye analogy. Hearing, listening, actively listening, intense listening. And I actually think if we were developing a practice around this, we would be training people how to switch between or how, to pe- or how people would recognize, just like sleep, right? You have, you have deep sleep and you have REM and you have different types of sleep. So it's 8.45. Now I'm going to go to uh, and just see um, what I'm going to see what, what uh, um, ChatGPT came up with. So there's a new thing, with, by the way, with ChatGPT where um, I kind of feed, I feed it uh, my um, like background so it knows who I am now and what my style is and and so now it responds to everything based on that style. It, it responds to everything based on my kind of what it believes is my tone of voice and always like, you know, knows what my calls to actions are and everything. So um, it's kind of fun. So I'm going to read to you what it came up with. Um, ah, and, and also the, the ah and the, you know, it's, it's, it's a little kind of too dramatic and a little bit too... Um, I don't know, kitschy. I've got to kind of like go back and train it and say, I think you're kind of like, this is not me. I'm not the, hello, my friends, and welcome. You know, I'm not not that kind of um, quirky. Um, Rhonda said, yes, that's it. Visual seeing what is being said. Visually seeing what is being said. Um, Okay. Ah, intense listening. Now, that's a term that tickles the eardrums. Also too punny. For me, I, I, I know I, I'm filled with dad jokes and stuff like that, but this is getting too punny for me. Um, it sounds like something I'd conjure up during one of my enthusiastic coffee-fueled brainstorming sessions. Let's get quirky and original and break down what this concept could mean. Definition of intense listening. Intense listening is an active and immersive engagement with the sounds and meanings of the spoken word. It transcends mere hearing transforming the listener into a sponge that soaks up not just words, but emotions, intentions, and undercurrents, creating an empathic, empathetic, it says, or I think it's both, right? Empathetic bridge between the speaker and listener. Now, that is a damn good definition. Like, that's... That is, that is one hell of a definition. I like it. Traits and characteristics of intense listening. Number one, empathetic engagement, being fully in the moment, soaking up the speaker's feeling and emotions, making them your own. It's like having a conversation with someone's soul. Ooh, that's, what a quote. That's a keeper. Active processing. This isn't passive listening. It's a mental workout, analyzing, synthesizing, and questioning as the conversation flows. You're in it to win it. Number three, Sonic exploration, tuning into the nuances, the pauses, the pitch. It's an auditory feast. Picking up on what's not said can be as vital as what is. Number four, full body experience. This goes to what you were saying, Rhonda. It's not just in the ears, it's in the eyes, the postures, the gestures. Your entire body is a listening device. Number five, feedback fiesta. It involves giving feedback that's as passionate and lively as a salsa dance, It lets the speaker know you're with them in perfect step. Number six, judgment-free zone. Criticism takes a backseat. You're there to understand, not judge. Think of it as therapy without the bill. Number seven, adventurous curiosity. It's an exploration like Indiana Jones, but for thoughts. You're delving into caverns of meaning, finding hidden treasures of insight. Number eight, unwavering focus. Distractions? Not on this journey, You're glued to the speaker like peanut butter to jelly. Number nine, tailored response. Your response isn't canned, it's crafted. 
a bespoke suit of words that fits the conversation perfectly. By the way, as I was reading that, I drifted, my mind drifted, and I didn't actually process what I was saying. Number nine, tailored response. Your response isn't canned, it's crafted, a bespoke suit of words that fits the conversation perfectly. And number 10, a creative dance, a dynamic creative interaction that's as stimulating and refreshing as a tango with ideas. Um, And then it's interesting at the end it says, there we have it folks, intense listening, a concept that's as fresh as a morning espresso, ready to change how we interact and communicate. Come experience with me with me at Alpha Collective's Discord server at discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective and tune into the podcast at bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go. And don't forget to show up live Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern in Discord and on Clubhouse. It's a date. By the way, with two emojis. That's all genera- That was all generated by ChatGPT with the right prompt, no doubt, with the right prompt, no doubt. And um, super interesting, by the way, in terms of now going back and judging that or gauging that or bench uh, marking that um, against, um, against um, yeah, I mean, Rhonda said all of it 100% AI chat GPT, but benchmarking it against what I said as well and seeing in some respects where we were completely aligned and where we were, where I probably came, what I would love to do, I mean, I don't have the, the means to do it right now, but I'd love to now take everything I said and be able to almost rate it or grade it against everything that ChatGPT said. So, in, so look at what that overlap looks like. Look at what that Venn diagram looks like. That's the one thing that I'd like to be able to see. So how much was the human able to achieve themselves? How much was the machine able to achieve itself? And how much was collaborative? Remember one thing as well. The prompt is really important. So the prompt was as simple as, I'm riffing today in my morning virtual coffee session on the concept of intense listening. It's something new, innovative, original. It doesn't exist. And so essentially I'm defining the term. What would you imagine it to be based on what you know to be true about listening? Forms, uh, forms, kinds, goods, bad and ugly. Can you come up with a definition of perhaps some traits or characteristics? I didn't really tell it anything other than the, the inference here is this is a type of listening and it is the ability to really use the word intense plus listening. I think we all have the ability to do that. As an interesting exercise, I wonder if I'd asked all of you today to come up with your own definitions of intense listening. What would you have said? How accurate would you have been? When I say accurate, I mean how aligned would you have been based on what I said? How aligned would you have been based on what the machine said? There's also another part of this which I want to point out, which is the process. The creative process is as gorgeous as the actual um, output or outcome or destination, the journey here. So the journey is, remember how today started? For some of you on, like, there's something like wonky with the algorithm today. You know, generally we end up with about 240, 250 people in Startup Club. Um, today we have nine here and we have 59. Um, it happened last week as well where um, for some reason people didn't get pinged or whatever the case may be. There are also some questions about bots. and So it's a bit confusing. Um, but we started today and, um, and, we, and, and there was like two or three people in the room. And I basically said, well, you know, I could just, maybe I should just end the room. It was eight, um, I think it was like 43 or 47 minutes left. I said, I could probably take these 43 minutes and put them to much better use. What am I doing here? Why am I doing, who am I doing it for? Am I doing it for Rhonda and I'm doing it for Melissa? I'm doing it for two people? I'm like, I, I, I could probably go and do much better biz dev in 43 minutes. But I continued. And now I want to kind of zoom out a little bit and talk about the process. 
So the process is I do yesterday's session. Rhonda participates with nothing more than just two words saying intense listening or or I said, why is no one coming up? She said, I've been listening intensely or something like that. I go, huh, that's interesting. Haven't heard that idea before. Listening intensely, intense listening. I think there's something there, Rhonda. Why don't I dedicate tomorrow's show or in the future we can discuss that? With a little bit of help of ChatGPT, but we could have done it without ChatGPT, we've actually coined an entire term, a phrase, a whole concept, a whole idea. Someone could go out and actually create and write a book called Intense Listening or Listening Intensely. Someone could create a coaching course. The legs on this are are insane. The legs on this are incredible. Based on, on, I mean, we could start teaching people how to listen intensely. We've already come up with a bullseye um, continuum from hearing to listening to active listening to intensely listening. All of this came out from just one comment in a chat. Because I was listening intensely as well. I was listening actively to myself and to all of you. And we've created and birthed something quite magnificent, I feel. And when I say we've created this, you know, I see, for example, Paul sitting in the audience going, well, what did I do? What did I do? I'm just, I'm just listening that you are, my friend, and Sandra and Parisa. Of course, James and Bez, you're listening. You're listening intensely. You're listening actively. Or maybe you're not even listening at all. Maybe it's just background music as you're checking emails. But your actual presence here created a dynamic and a dynamism that inspired me to keep going and that created this journey of creativity and, and content creation. I'm really proud of what we ended up with. I'm super proud about what ChatGPT came up with. I was like, there are some monster keepers there. Amazing quotes. Um, and... If we're using, thank you, Parisa, and and if we're using the benchmark of intense listening, will everyone walk away today with something that is memorable? Remember, the definition of an experience is, according to Joe Pine, who wrote The Experience Economy, is anything, good or bad, that is memorable. Memory and being memorable is, by definition, the epitome of experience. And then we get into the other idea of time well saved versus time well spent. A, was this time well spent? B, did you t- is something a part of this memorable? Will you walk away and say to someone today, whether it's a spouse, a business partner, a client, hey, today I learned about intense listening. Intense listening, what's that? Well, you know exactly what it is because it can stick. It's stuck to me. If you were to ask me in a year what intense listening is, I know what intense listening is. I know where it goes on the continuum of active listening or listening or selective listening or hearing. I might forget about that part of it. But intense listening, I might forget about these two traits. Did I learn something new? Did something stick? Was it memorable? Um, was a time well sp- well spent. I might even have a new spin or a new take on this idea of actually being able to formulate my questions, my rebuttals, my rebuffs, my pushbacks, my comments only when someone is finished talking and recognize that I need to train myself on that and catch myself when I'm already formulating the response. One of the worst things that we see, you're welcome, Sandra. She said, thank you, for, thanks for today. One of the worst things we do is when we're actually at an event, at a conference, and we're formulating our question, especially if it's in a big environment, a big auditorium. We don't want to look like fools. We don't want to stutter. We don't want to be verbose. We don't want to be cut off. We don't want to be shamed. Same thing in Clubhouse. We know we're next in the, in the you know, PTO, or what do they call it, and 
they call it PT or PT order, PTO or whatever, you know, um, it's awful. We're not listening anymore. We're now thinking about our share. Often you'll hear people that will say, well, I was going to talk about something, but now, I, you know, that makes me think of something else. That's good. That at least shows you, that's an easy tell that tells you they came up thinking one thing, they were going to talk, they were going to share. They weren't really interested in the conversation, what was being said. Maybe they were just responding to the subject or why they came into the room in the first place or something they heard 25 minutes ago that made them in that moment want to raise their hand. But now the conversation has gone in a different direction and therefore they themselves have something else to say because they want to be an active participant in the conversation, even an intense participant in the conversation because they have been actively or even intensely listening. That's what we need more of as opposed to what I think is the order of the day. And so for the 61 people that somehow figured out or made it through the algorithm and joined us today, I hope this was time well spent for you, um, for the people in our Discord I know it was time well spent for you. I can tell you with 100% certainty it was time well spent for me, which is why I'll be back tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. And Rhonda, thank you for being my muse and for the inspiration. Um, Send me uh, your details or your LinkedIn details so that I can give you full credit um, for being the inspiration behind this. Uh, Talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.